Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. You are listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast, the third coast of Texas. The darkest truths from the darkest web need to be told. And you must listen to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Greetings everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste. Assalam. Thank you for tuning in another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. And it is my pride and privilege to be doing so. So thank you each and every one of you out there in dreamland. Listeners new and old, this is your first episode. This is your 400th episode. Thank you kindly. Thank you most sincerely. From the bottom of my heart. Because you guys are the lifeblood of the show. You're the reason why I keep doing this. You're the reasoning for all the programming, that, the, the standards that I hold myself to, and also the uh, motivation alone that I need to, you know, feel an importance and urgency to the work I do. Yes, I understand that being my own boss and being a self uh you know, self-employed, basically independent journalist through podcasting, I could make my schedule as lenient and as free and easy as possible, but I'm still holding myself to publishing an episode every two days with original material in my own words, you know, as much as I can uh, for as long as I can with a consistency that I think would be satisfying to you as a listener. Now, the schedule to follow will be the new Beyond Top Secret Texan publishing schedule. You know, so from the date of this publishing, which is August uh, 10th, 2023, to, um, you know, and definitely into the near future, as far as we can see into the horizon. Starting the week off on Sunday... We will be doing a Texas-specific, Texas-local, either Texas lore or Texas uh, deep dive, um, Texas conspiracy or Texas future prediction in the world of politics or geopolitical, uh, you know, power or relationship, etc. It'll be a very, very interesting, very uh, mature look at Texas for Texans, right? TX by the top secret Texan. So we're going to go into um, Monday talking about UFOs, the SSP, secret space programs. Any topic regarding UFOlogy or that subject will be discussed on Monday every week. Uh, Wednesday will be military and will be political conspiracy in the news, the headlines episode, giving context and helping to explain that. This is originally, uh, for those who are who care about such things, I will, I've already said August 10th, 
because those who will look back into a calendar will be like, well, August 10th was Thursday. And yes, publishing uh, this episode Thursday. I published, I tried to publish this episode on Wednesday. I had an hour of audio gold talking about everything from the Biden corruption with its roots as far back as the Clinton administration corruption of the 90s and how that evolved into the political landscape that we have now with the Democratic Party, the party of the CIA, and their direct corruption involving the creation of the Ukrainian Nazi military state through bribes and uh, even taking money from Russians to keep them off of the sanction list as they profited from the politis the, the politicization the propaganda of the Obama administration in turning an ally of the nation of Russia into a political enemy again for the benefit of the Western uh, institutions of NATO and the military industrial complexes that supply them. This, of course, uh, became extremely evident in 2014 during the Crimea crisis to, uh, you know, the current 2023 war in uh, Ukraine uh, with Russia having secured territories, lost nothing, and absolutely wiped uh, the Ukrainian military's uh, fighting forces off the face of the world. This is uh, a supreme victory for Russia. <laughs> with, that, with no lack of words, that's an incredible victory for Russia, but it has its roots in the Clinton administration. Getting a little ahead of myself, that'll be the subject of today's talk. And I'll also explain how that goes into the situation we are now going to see as a full African war... Uh, begins to erupt like a volcano in uh, Western Africa and will soon uh, swallow and or basically burn uh, the entire map of the continent of Africa as it plunges into another World War Africa. Now, those who have listened to the podcast know that we are intelligent enough to know about World War Africa 1. This will be World War Africa 2. World War Africa One was the proxy war between the Soviet Union and the USA in Africa during the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, involving such wars as the Rhodesian Bush War and uh, a lot of other crazy shit, like the decolonization efforts, uh, Angola, the Congo. Uh, there was a lot of cool shit that went out in Africa, and it was all part of a massive world war. By any other definition of the word, it would have been a world war if it happened in Europe or um, Asia, the far Pacific theater, for example. You know, people of education and, uh, you know, society, at least university level, able to write their own history books uh, with some kind of clarity and competency. Now, I'm not saying anything negative to African nations or African tribes or African people, but the fact that they were uneducated both politically and academically is the main factor in which saw their exploitation last well into the 20th century because they did not know the power of the proclamation of the word and writing history, dedicating it to print as propaganda. The Soviet Union did. 
and the Soviet Union helped them, educate them, uh, raise them up uh, from from literally the mud and sticks of colonial exploitation. And when the Soviet Union spread its basically humanitarian gospel of universal education for the working class, you bet your fucking ass they started revolting and having revolutions and gaining independence, having nationalistic thought, being able to rise up from the, the enslavement of the neo-colonial uh, European powers from Britain, France, Germany, etc. Portugal, fuck Portugal was in there too, uh, acted like a total asshole. Um, in, in, in the, the I-Corps alone, the absolute vitriol I spit, because I hate colonialism with a fucking passion, is second only to the sheer admiration that I have for the Soviet Union and liberating the peoples of the world from the colonial yoke and oppressive boot heel, uh, such as they did in Far East Asia, say, with North Vietnam. And, and this is exactly what led to World War Africa, just like how Vietnam was, in a way, much, much larger with nations as far as spread as Australia or North Korea, sending troops to uh, fight and engage with each other, or the fact that uh, more North Koreans and South Koreans uh, fought and killed each other in confirmed battles in Vietnam, in the Vietnam conflict, than they ever did in the uh, Korean conflict. Little bits of facts like that. Uh, the fact that the uh, Soviet Union was both directly supplying them and that uh, because of the political differences between Maoism and Stalinism, that when Vietnam won its independence, it became a pro-Leninist, pro-Stalinist, Soviet Union-modeled communist nation, prompting a, uh, or leading to an invasion by the Maoist Chinese communists so that there was a communist versus communist war in which the racist Maoist uh, 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 Communist Party was destroyed and defeated by the Leninist Soviet Union-modeled Vietnamese uh, social, uh, communist nation <laughs> in a war where over 500,000 Chinese soldiers were killed. So we know a lot about history. We know a lot about that shit. And this is what we like to talk about on our political side of things. So we're going to be talking about that this episode. And um, But we're on a list now to uh, get through the dates. So got to stick with one thing first at a time. And this is why I was so upset because the, the last episode I was recorded on the 9th on Wednesday. I recorded I had all this great information. It was flowing out. It was like a, a tap of pure champagne and uh, pure conspiracy champagne and uh, fucking got electronically hammered by some wireless douchebag in an NSA van probably 200 yards away or something, a quarter mile away with a fucking, um, you know, laptop full of like super bugs and shit like that. And it's like... <laughs> So the Vince McMahon meme of him smelling a big wad of money getting paid by the Rothschilds to fuck with my podcast. And then so that pissed me off royally uh, last night. And so uh, hopefully we have much better luck today. Uh, but yeah, so Wednesdays, they're going to be fun. They're going to be fun. Uh, now Fridays, Fridays, the next recording day. 
are going to be about the occult, and they're going to be about secret societies, and they're going to be about tying it all together, seeing it all from a picture. I've been uh, publishing a lot of third-party material, reading an audiobook called The Phoenix of the Western World, uh, the Quetzalcoatl religion and the sky, or the Quetzalcoatl and the sky religion. Uh, very, very important information, very interesting information, uh, culturally and spiritually, when it comes to the occult, when it comes to these secret societies, the faiths they practice, the true scale of religious uh, flexibility and diversity that's under this world, and that it coexists right alongside our spiritual uh, framework and epistemology, etc. So, those are going to be Fridays, occult books, secret society exposure, etc. Explorations such as things on uh, actual cults, uh, magical rites, uh, superstitions, taboo subjects, uh, anthropological or sociological uh, perspectives, as well as actual audiobooks, obscure texts shared, obscure presentations, uh, you know, cool shit that is paranormal, supernatural, but... Uh, you know, not um, ufology or uh, anything physical. Like we're talking about actual, just all pure mental, pure spiritual domain on Fridays. And that will lead us back into Sundays, which, like I said, Texas by Texans, Texas Deep Lore. Um, and that could be exploring conspiracies, uh, future predictions on politics, or uh, researching and speaking about certain topics that deal with Texas specifically in a very interesting and mature way. Like the first in, in the series that I have for this Sunday is already out. It's already been recorded. That was a presentation on oil spills and their history inside Texas and the likelihood and, um, and uh, probability of a natural man-made super disaster, most likely involving oil spills off the coast. This is available for listening on Spotify or anywhere podcasts are available right now to you. They are available for free, and it's going to be the first in many. So I already have the Texas by Texas episode, and then I have the ufology uh, episode, which is a covering the Peruvian uh, attack from what was printed by the time of reading it, which is on Monday of this week, and then also looking into the negative bias of print in general when it comes to discussing extraterrestrial contact um, in any light so I read articles based on the actual Peruvian UFO or Peruvian alien attack and the, the, the media press releases there from two different sources and then present two unrelated sources but about ufology in the same year and uh, present how the tone and the uh, verbiage and the light that's cast on them is uh, anything but flattering. It's actually very skeptical and dismissive and mocking. And um, it just goes to show that there's still a lot of enemies that are well-funded in the ufology movement uh, that act as if they're, they're reporting on a case that act like they're giving attention to us, but in reality are just using us for quick hits uh, viral uh, hits and and um, just to promote us as charlatans, quacks, hoaxers, or um, other negative, you know, anti-social pariahs. So 
you know, that's the kind of stuff I'm going to bring on the UFOlogy table. There's already the first episode up there for Monday of this week. And this is going to be the episode for um, Wednesday, but presented on Thursday of this week. Because I already tried to record this, had an hour of audio. You know I don't work from a script. If you've listened to this uh, podcast before, if you are a long-time listener, you know I don't work from the script. I shoot from the hip. I tell the truth. And in that, it's a giant, free-form flow of consciousness. I can cover as many as three different points in one minute or speak about one point for as long as 30 minutes. It's all about how I feel. It's all about my intuition. I literally don't even think about what I'm going to speak about and let it channel and flow when I have the feeling that it's there. When I have the genius loci of the muses, that is when I record. And so each one of these is a slice of divinity and a slice of pure inspiration and genius. Each one of these recordings, each one of these audio segments. I don't have a script. I don't have writers. I don't, I don't have a, a fully uh, pinned outline or anything like that. And so the, the truth I bring forward is unique. But like snowflakes, it's unique because each one of them is truth. Each one of them is truth, but the details, the parameters can never be duplicated. Each one of those is unique. So let's get into it. Trying to uh, reproduce the subject matter I covered last episode that I tried to record. Hopefully a little bit more streamlined this time around. But oh, you should have heard it, because I was nailing it. I had it out of the fucking park. It was incredible. So basically, situation we got right now. I'm going to explain how we got there with the uh, headline of the Hunter Biden uh, scandal and the implication of Joe Biden, the sitting president of the United States, getting caught into a bribery scandal, a foreign foreign, uh, bribery scandal with officials from not only the Ukraine, but Russia. Which ironically happened at a time when they were already building up hostilities towards it with Joe Biden being the sitting president to catch all of the negative bullshit that occurred when it all went down, being the man literally left holding the fucking bag that he thought he'd never get caught holding. I'm going to explain how that rolls uh, from the Clinton administration. It has its roots in the Clinton administration called pay for play and how that grows into a West that is so corrupt that it could not stop itself uh, from being caught inside this corruption And is ultimately going to sink as a ship, as a company. It is failing now because of this huge disaster that its effective CEO uh, was so corrupt and trying to, or basically expecting to be very done with politics by the time it ever came back to bite him in the ass. And but because of the democratic meltdown that occurred... Uh, 2016 and post that uh, the the irony of all of this is that's exactly who the Illuminati had to pin the blame on it's the one who was guilty of it this time instead of any patsy or uh, or you know is that, is that any patsy or, or, or you know sacrificial lamb 
or Judas goat, you know, like scapegoat that they had to to pin it on this time. And um, we're gonna be talking about that. We're gonna be talking about the events of the of the uh, Russian-Ukrainian conflict throughout from the beginning of last year to from February of last year to um, the events of uh, the most recent headline where the counteroffensive has failed. The Ukraine has been rejected from NATO. Um, the EU is uh, almost completely bankrupt militarily, having spent all their ammunition and uh, equipment, basically, uh, squandering it by having it destroyed in fields in the Ukraine. And then um, how the Russians are now just slowly nailing the last nails of the, of the coffin over the Ukraine, which there will be no future for once uh, their political plans are actually set in full motion which now the wheels are just starting to turn, and once they are, there will be no stopping the actual swing of momentum. Um, then we'll be talking about how that leads into the World War Africa II, which is going to be the war uh, war to uh, really set the stage for the downfall of the West. And because what it means isn't that America is going to get invaded it is not that France is going to get invaded by a military, although they could in the future if they're not fucking careful. Uh, it's happened before, is what I'm saying. Uh, so it happened before that someone invaded and took over France. Yes, it's not out of the question. France is not <laughs> France is not as safe as they think they are, nor has history ever shown that they were. Uh, France gets invaded all the fucking time. Um... But yeah, um, that the the unipolarity, the unipolarity of the West, when that what that means is the USA and more specifically the Western Europe, um, has absolutely been been destroyed. It's absolutely been uh, re re um, rehashed so many times recycled so many times that its definition just keeps getting uh, changed to fit whatever is available in the moment. What it used to mean was pro-democracy, pro-Republican governments, elected officials, pro-industry, uh, pro-capitalism. And what it now means, Western idealism, Western society, is globalist international business cartels, banks and their debt via loans and uh, the military industrial regimes of these countries supplying arms to prop up their both corporate and political interests in said companies as part of the terms for allegiances. Which is much different than what colonialism meant in the 1800s. And it's much different than, say, what American imperialism meant in the 1950s and 60s. Right? It was, it's, it's evolved so many times. But the current state of pro-Western idealism, or what is Western idealism, is 100% exploitative, hedonistic, plutocracy, with rule by oligarchs who are stateless cosmopolitans who exist only to fuel their own hedonism and exist in a godless state, a outwardly expressed godless state of post-humanism and neo-humanistic values um, 
Look at how the NATO nations, look how the EU nations, look at their leadership and how they live their lives and comport themselves, as well as what actually is respected behavior or allowable behavior, not even tolerable, but, but, but celebrated behavior amongst these elites. And then look at the traditional values of these African nations. Look at the tr values of the working class of these African nations and tell me if this isn't as exploitative and as racist a system as the Belgian Congo control of King Leopold. Yes, in 2023, I would say the conditions in Africa are once again as bad at exploitation terms as those of King Leopold of the Congo. But while the Congo is actually looking pretty reformed, you know, and even though it is extremely violent, it is, it is looking up, you know, seeming to, to have nowhere to go but up, right? Um, the conflict and crisis now is happening in Niger. And Niger, uh, being basically one of the worst off countries, makes very valid political claims in the 21st century for its right to defend itself, to nationalize its own resources. And you know what? It has the popular support of a ever interconnected um, and educated African population, both represented as leaders of state, say in Mali, Burkina Faso, Algeria, or the Algiers, and um, you know various other nations, but by the people but by the people, even of nations, that are politically puppets of the West. And now the popular support of this is extremely important, and we'll get into that in the future as we talk about it. But still, let us talk about it from um, the beginning. Alright, so, the roots, the very beginning, the seed begins in the 1990s during the Clinton era administration. And specifically with Hillary Clinton in a scheme known as pay for play. This was a scandal that was in the 1990s. It was uh, relatively obscure but well known about within the political circles and everything. The Patriot Radio, etc. known as pay for play. And what she was literally uh, selling uh, contractor positions and clearances, uh, White House proximity, etc., not only to lobbyists of American origin, but also to internationalists, uh, globalists, specifically even Chinese communists. And there was a lot of CCP activity involving the corporate interests of the CCP and the Clinton administration involving the purchase of real estate, for example, to get in their good graces, throw charity events, uh, other types of um, philanthropy uh, dinners, galas, events, art galleries, whatever, Ukraine, uh, I mean, White House type uh, dinners and um, the like. So this would get them into the Clintons' uh, grace because this would be a way for them to legally, you know, be bribed. And there would even be scandalous rumors of Hillary Clinton um, because this was basically prostitution of the White House even sleeping with some of these men 
for uh, very, very large sums of money in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's campaign donation rewards uh, for donating to Bill Clinton's presidency and, and campaign, etc. And then to the DNC. This would be very uh, relevant as you look into who donates into the DNC and how much Democrat National Convention and how much they actually have in terms of sway and power and that that's basically what that means. The don't the people who donate, uh, the mega donators, uh, are the ones really pulling the strings in terms of policy. And the mega donators are typically even large corporations. They're not actually people. They're, they're non-people uh, persons in the form of corporate interests and corporate corporations, think tanks, uh, bodies like that. Uh, made of lobbyists are even like uh, groups of like you know like uh, like uh, groups of internationalists and other political interests such as like you know like the communist Chinese that is ultimately who's really pulling the strings it might be the shadow puppet corporation of a Chinese communist uh, you know branch like, you know of intelligence who are trying to get the quote unquote ear of the Clintons by donating millions of dollars putting in people who are posing as businessmen who are posing as American expats or Asian Americans um, think of the Fang Fang uh, type stuff recently and then allowing them to gather intelligence and to be um, you know accepted or assimilated into this type of society thus creating the world we live in today Uh, famously the consequences of the pay for play in the Clinton administration were the communist Chinese, the CCP they're tech developers getting the government contract for the U.S. Navy for computer chips that would go into their communications devices, basically the radios for uh, the Navy ships for ship-to-ship communication as well as ship-to-shore. These are the ones that literally connect with satellites and broadcast all mobilizations, all orders, all communique via computer chips that were made by the communist Chinese it does not take a genius to see the the, the, the the contradiction there right where you're like oh the communist Chinese are literally the ones creating the computer chips that have been installed in all of the US Navy fleet since the 1990s allowing God knows what in terms of cyber war affair you know, malware, viruses, as well as backdoor espionage devices, etc. So, so 100%, the every mobile, oh, every mobilization, and every movement of the U.S. Navy since the 1990s in this pay-for-play scandal has been directly broadcast to the Communist Chinese Party, uh, the CCP, in Beijing. They know where every single ship is or where everything has happened or has been said over the communication devices which have these communist-made ships in them. It's absolutely the case, and it exists all the way since the Clintons, right? But this scandal is what kept Hillary Clinton from actually achieving political office, including the presidency of the United States uh, in 2016. Long story short, that scandal always followed her. It snowballed into many, many different scandals and basically a sense of her own disregard for American military uh, safety, American servicemen safety. So when Benghazi happened, for example, that was a flashback in the popular mind of uh, the pay-for-play scandal. And basically her 
nonchalance and refusal to take real responsibility or treat it as serious of an issue it was also came into play uh, later on, you know, in many other different ways uh, during her entire political career. But luckily it ended in 2016 when Trump was elected president. This puts the Democratic Party in a massive bind because the only leadership they have coming from the Bush school of the CIA, and the CIA is the controlling party behind the Democrats. Democrats is the political party of the CIA. Every single person in the Washington knows this, that Democrats, since Lyndon B. Johnson, have hijacked the Demo- or have been hijacked by the CIA, and every single Democratic national uh, representative has been chosen by the uh, CIA for globalistic efforts, as well as Republicans. Uh, both political parties are controlled by the CIA. It's a matter of national security at that point. And, uh, you know, I don't want to rub anyone wrong the way, but Republicans, same way too. Uh, but, you know, you have a little something different with Trump here. You have something completely uh, different because it's actually a different occult lodge, the occult lodge of the White Hats of the Order of Q or Quetzalcoatl. And this is a, ironically enough, a Mexican Masonic unit that uh, has its roots in the Aztec Mayan uh, religion and is even a much higher form of Freemasonry wherein you have to be a master Mason in good standing with your lodge to even join of the 33rd degree to be an apprentice which they call artisan inside the Q Lodge the White Hats of Q which is of the Sky Religion Um, this is 100% the case and inspiration for Q it's the idea behind Q clearance within the military etc and this was founded during the U.S. invasion of Mexico, where the U.S. invaded Mexico City. Uh, the U.S. Army invaded Mexico City. The USA invaded Mexico. This is a historical fact. He took Mexico City, and inside of it were learned and um, basically by gunpoint, you know, allowed into the ancient, now Catholic-controlled temples of Quetzalcoatl and the Sky God and the Order of the Western Phoenix, using their Freemasonic educations and knowledge, immediately recognized it for what it was, and at that point took over Mexico, not directly as a state annexing it into the greater USA, but took it as part of the greater Freemasonic nation of the Golden Circle, which runs across the Gulf of Mexico, the Caribbean, the uh, edge of South of Northern South America, and uh, Central America. This greater Freemasonic superstate and empire of the Golden Circle uh, has the benefit of not purely falling under USA laws, and this is why, for example, international banking is done in the Caribbean. You know, Freemasons don't care. That's why Amazon has its headquarters in um, in the Caribbean. You know, in, in the Bahamas and shit like that. It's because... You know, why Epstein Island was in the Bahamas. It's because Freemasons consider that as part of their true empire. They just don't live within the borders of the United States. Their empire is multiple nations long, and it covers the entire rim of the Gulf Coast of of Mexico. Um, And they they freely speak English as well as Spanish or whatever language uh, that they would need to within these lodges... It's just part of the 
universal, uh, universal nature of Freemasonic Brotherhood slash like uh, the cosmopolitan nature of this 20th and 21st century type uh, espionage world that we live in. And this is just, you know, how it fucking is. This is just clear as day. The writing's on the wall. It's not even like a controversial idea. There were Russians from Russia who live in Cuba who speak Russian and Cuban. And they do that for espionage reasons because Castro was a member of the Soviet, uh, was a communist and also a CIA agent. Yes, Castro was a CIA agent. He was a deep state mole. So yes, there were people who spoke English, Russian, and Cuban living all together in Cuba you damn right there was a lot of Freemasonic shit going on in there, and you damn right there always has been. And ever since America took Cuba over, there's been a lot of shit going on because of that. Think of what's been going on in Mexico. Same stuff. Same shit that's going on in Mexico. And uh, this Q Lodge was basically in control of a lot of intelligence operatives and uh, military agencies, uh, specifically the U.S. Army um, and the U.S. Navy. Um in time because of their involvement in Mexico. U.S. Navy took over Veracruz, for example. That wasn't by accident. That was absolutely for political and Freemasonic reasons. And uh, it's because they took a Freemason prisoner. And Freemasons cannot allow a, Free- a Freemason to be prisoner of a non-Freemason. And so the United States Navy, as a Freemasonic organization shelled and raised Veracruz, Mexico, to take back their Freemasonic brother. So that's just one of the things that Americans have done in the past, etc. Um, but yes, after Q took over and, destroy, and and basically exposed Hillary Clinton, has been fighting with Hillary Clinton. Some people even say um, at one point even, even arrested and took over Bill Clinton as uh, White House at gunpoint in the 90s Navy SEALs stormed it in the middle of the night in around 1999 and um, placed Bill Clinton in a a flying court-martial you know for treason based on the pay-for-play scandal and that everything else has been done by a body double of Bill Clinton since that day These are the things that people don't want to talk about, but they're absolutely realities. So Biden and the Biden family, who had been vice president during Obama, who had been considered too corrupt and too old and and unpopular to actually be president of the United States, now was forced by the very corrupt CIA-controlled Democratic political party into having to be the president of the United States to combat and try to counter the now rising uh, influence of the populist Q movement. What was once a top secret and clandestine covert group known as Q, only known in the upper echelons of the U.S. Army and Navy, now was on the lips of the entire country with their popular support and adamant adoration and loyalty. Biden is now the puppet leader because they have no other one to plausibly go with uh, in terms of who could possibly have uh, rivaled the popularity except for this already mainstream, already two-term served, plus 50-year veteran of Washington, D.C. But immediately the, the game was up 
because the whole point of this as a move was to expose the strategic to strategically expose the corruption of the Biden family, the Biden Irish Mafia crime family is what it was popularly known in political circles during the Obama administration because these corrupt Irish motherfuckers are the Irish Mafia. They are highly, and even the Kennedys were, highly influential Irish immigrants who have political domination over uh, Irish majority communities, specifically in Boston and in places like Delaware. But Irish typically are like other racial minorities and only vote based on racial identity. Irish people love and respect other Irish people simply because they are Irish. They make no uh, attempts at being good. They're not ethical. And in fact, they're extremely criminal as a society. That's not a stereotype. That is absolutely true. The Irish are extremely criminal and corrupt as a people. They are absolutely mafiosos, as bad if not worse than the Italians or the Jews. And basically, the Irish Mafia is so deep that even their prestigious uh, Joe Biden, who is a career politician from birth, being educated in a post-war sense of uh, career American centralism, um, is one of the dirtiest players in the fucking political game has always been one of the dirtiest players in the political game and has only existed as a notorious example of political corruption. At that point, we need to say that his son is no better and you know the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. So Hunter Biden is one of the literally one of the worst and corrupt openly criminal unethical pieces of shit scumbags you could possibly imagine. With everything from his own committing of child sexual abuse and smoking crack with Lady Gaga to saving his own text conversations with his father, Joe Biden, who he had under the name Pedo Peter in his own chat logs, like his own contact list on his phone. We're talking about a level of scumbag not only to other people, but internally to his own scumbag family. So Hunter Biden necessarily, over years of flagrant legal violations and public scandal, is called to task for his criminality based on the undeniable solid physical evidence of a laptop that has all of this incriminating bullshit on it, right? That was discovered in 2019 after he failed to pick it up or make payments on time. After he defaulted on his debts and was guilty of theft of services. This is the son of the vice president of the United States for eight plus years, by or eight years, by the way. That after he forgot that he left a laptop full of of gigabytes of incriminating evidence of his family's organized crime dealings, including his own addiction to crack cocaine and sexual uh, proclivities, including child sexual abuse, being involved with transsexuals, uh, you know, prostitutes, etc., etc. You know, just a very unwise individual with an odd obsessive compulsion 
to record literally everything, even the shit that you would think you know not to put on videotape. Um, it was too. It was almost intentional. So this was this was undeniable, right? And and inexcusable even for the two tiered corrupt political system that we have, where the elite's crimes are kind of um, allowed without any repercussions. So. What do we have? A wag the dog situation where the Ukrainian war begins to be the only thing protecting the Bidens from immediate political backlash. So the wheels are set in motion to pull the pin and to go full speed ahead on the Ukrainian war. Remember, the Russians did not invade. The Russians invaded before, or it's not the word, the Russians attacked before the Ukrainians were able to invade. If an enemy starts to mobilize and build up forces at your border, if you hit them first, it's called a preemptive strike. America is the king of preemptive strike. We have defensive capability. We have defensive weapons with first strike capabilities. That's right. I can shoot you before you draw your gun because I'm 100% sure you're going to try to kill me. It's in self-defense. <laughs> this is how the real world is. Russia was defending itself from an obviously uh, obvious buildup of military equipment on its border by the Ukraine, as well as the constant attacks of pro-Russian, Russian-speaking Ukrainians in the Donetsk, Lugansk, and Kherson regions as well as already having eight years of experience sending in mercenaries and uh, its own uh, advisors in the area gathering intelligence on the ground, knowing full well of the neo-Nazi development of Azov, the armaments of the West, and the political dealings in the White House, because, get this, the Bidens were taking money from the fucking mayor of Moscow because they were try keeping them off the sanction list. So that's right. The Bidens were in bed with the Russians. The Bidens were not only in bed with the Ukrainians, doing a lot of bullshit to help build up their entire corrupt industry, uh, power, uh, infrastructure, uh, country, the bureaucracy around Zelensky, Zinsky, of corrupt NATO, uh, in European Union selected, uh, you know, puppets and shit that were all pro-war. The, the allowance of and, and uh, transportation and training of neo-Nazis with NATO equipment, including, say, the discovery of NATO military hardware and software that allows for the communication and, uh, you know, the, the, the visualization of the positions on Google Maps of NATO troops in real time, given... This is top secret, by the way. This is absolutely top secret military hard uh, software given to the Azov Battalion, a renowned white supremacist neo-Nazi organization that is illegal in every other NATO organization even to exist. It is out, it's, its own existence is outlawed in every single other NATO nation, yet they were giving them top secret NATO classified software, weaponry, because everyone thinks guns, everyone thinks tanks. No, it's computer software. It's uh, resources like training on how to uh, uh, just develop and establish internet, uh, you know, uh, connections with these top secret servers, 
with these uh, satellites, with these uh, intelligence agencies and the chat groups, the different codes they would give them, the permissions that would allow them to exchange real-time information with the Western intelligence agencies operating in Europe, uh, which are not both legal or privileged information to anyone else, especially anyone in the situation of the Ukrainians who are operating as both organized criminals and basically third world uh, rogue statesmen because they had a coup, a successful coup to put in Zelensky from the pro-democracy government after riots and um, have been engaged in paramilitary operations solidly since 2014. So just like how African nations are not given literally like access to CIA servers and, you know, satellites, etc., because they might use them to give that to ISIS or Boko Haram, etc., we wouldn't necessarily logically give that to Azov Battalion. But guess who did it? Biden. Biden and NATO, greater proxies of the West, uh, the George Soros, uh, you know, uh, Charles Schwab controlled, you know, World Economic federation controlled um nations because it's all connected at that point it's all connected by the administrators and the bureaucrats have been put in power just like biden has been put in power after a lifelong of service to certain uh more well-funded entities such as the freemasons the jews the rothschilds the uh pope the vatican for example that's a big player in all this the vatican they get they get all fucking scot-free i'm blaming the vatican Fuck it, the Vatican was responsible for a lot of that shit, especially the shit I was involved with, by going to the Ukraine as a, as a super soldier, as one of those MK Ultra assassins. It was all transported by the Italians in the Indragate and the Vatican. They were speaking Italian through most of it. The connections that the CIA MK Ultra program has and the Mafia are one and the same. And by administration, the CIA controls the Irish Mafia and the IRA. Guess who the Biden is? Irish Mafia. Biden's controlled by the CIA. CIA controls the whole Ukraine situation. This being said, now in court, all of this is coming to light. This is not a conspiracy theory. All of this is coming to light. That the Bidens have been taking tens of millions of dollars, I believe it's up to $20 million confirmed with receipts from various oligarchs and business agencies, organized criminals to avoid sanctions or to put, say, uh, attorneys or political uh, leaders in power in certain positions in the infrastructures, say, of the power plants in the Ukraine, etc., despite their criminal dealings and investments elsewhere, say like in weapons smuggling or in the violation of the neo-Nazi laws in in Europe or uh, the the actual committing of murder and uh, war crimes in the Ukraine on its borders against its own people without any kind of uh, investigation or or, or criminal investigation or, or, or justice uh, or, you know, like criminal justice system ever responding to that, but accepting it as a type of wartime activity, even though none was declared, you know, and then that the people doing it were outlaw paramilitaries. These are very complex issues that you will never get to see in the West. But the legality of the Russians' actions is expressly, expressly proven, even in American Congress at this point. 
with the tens of millions of dollars that the Bidens, who are the acting presidents and son of the presidents of the United States. So talk about an egg on your face. There is not, he's not a former vice president only. He's not a former senator only. He is the active, chosen by, elect, by the Electoral College president, meaning that, that there is no way to dodge this. There is no way to escape any anything. You are absolutely guilty and implicated in grand treason. And in selling the United States into a situation of utter defeat and having given a hundred billion dollars within a year to try to cover this up because what was at stake was not the defeat of the Ukraine or the defeat of Western armor or anything like that. It wasn't the victory of the Russians. It was to have all of the evidence captured by the Russians and then absolutely published as part of the uh, as part of the 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 entire corrupt uh, system so that it could not be isolated just by Western uh, standards alone it wasn't just the corruption of the Bidens it wasn't just the Bidens taking kickbacks it was the Bidens taking kickbacks to allow for the entirety of the Western power structure of the elite to create the war crime situation that was going on inside the Ukraine against their own laws, against their own standards of ethics, and direct organized criminal act, not only of the United States, but of all of NATO and the EU. That's fucking huge. And now I will, now with that said, that's basically what's going on in the United States. Nowhere left for them to run. Nowhere left for them to hide. Um, Banks are failing. Big tech is having huge layoffs. UPS Union successfully won six-figure salaries for their full-time drivers. This is is huge. That's a major uh, shot heard around the world. Uh, when it comes to labor laws and the redistribution of wealth within companies, uh, especially megalithic companies like UPS, major international, like you know, major, major money-making companies like UPS, especially with the the nature of labor having to be rediscussed and re uh, re-examined in terms of what is hard labor and too hard labor, like cruel and unusual amounts of labor, even in non. Um, conventional ways such as delivery driving um, or, or administrative work or say even like food service work how long is too long of a legal shift or, or and what is too low of a legal salary all of that is getting rediscussed now uh, on the civilian end but in the political world absolutely the democrats have been destroyed as a political party the, they have been exposed from the very top, very, very top. The literal president of the United States has been exposed and is still being exposed for uh, lying, for committing perjury, for um, having having entire disinformation campaigns and his political presidency, for, for taking tens of millions of dollars worth of bribes and acting absolutely in an organized criminal fashion with complete premeditation and criminal volition to escape any kind of... Um, um, legal, you know, reprimand 
Oh, it is so fucking over. It is so terribly bad. And the reason why he is not immediately being impeached or being presumed to be impeached is because those in real power, the Q uh, group, the White Hats, are allowing this to play out to further humiliate and ruin the reputation not only of the Bidens and the CIA-backed mafiosos, uh, the Irish Mafia, uh, of the of the Senate, you know, in a deep Washington D.C. deep state, but the actual um, corrupt Western system of the internationalists, the NATOists, the organized criminals from as far as Moscow to um, you know every single other uh, European organized criminal nation that has been basically, and, and the Communist Chinese Party all the way back in the grassroots society, and having to be called out as one go, as, you know, where goes one, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, uh, they all go, and that's straight to jail, that's straight to uh, a public court for examination, for scrutiny, for exposure, and in the light, these snakes do die. And that explains everything from the hundreds of billions of dollars that have been pumped into Ukraine for the de- desperate death throes, death throes of NATO on these fields uh, for such desperate reasons that cannot be explained. Uh, willing to sacrifice 400,000 men in clearly failed military operations and assaults on a far superior enemy, uh, that being Russia. As well as the the seemingly endless and and insane posturing of China and Taiwan, without ever coming to actual physical violence or weapon or military action, uh, because China is simply trying to distract from its own guilt of setting up this international cabal inside America, because once Americans learn and they are fully exposed as trying to tamper with our political leaders, our political process, that they will be forever barred from any participation in the country, let alone from buying real estate, to setting up any political office, any charity, any NGO, having any of their citizens, um, you know, without proper security vetting, be allowed to immigrate to the United States, and they will be seen as a public enemy to the Americans, which... They run a very fine razor's edge where they need to be militarily strong in their region, but at the same time, deeply allied with the United States in terms of business, economics, and trade. Because one is the other. This is all set up by the CIA. This was all set up during Richard Nixon's administration. And this was all set up intentionally to run that way. Well, we would be fake enemies against the real Soviet Union, Leninist, Stalinist communism of the Soviet Union and its satellite nations and allies, including Cuba and including Vietnam and North Korea. The uh, Chinese government, the Chinese communists, like I've said, are Maoist, Han, racist supremacists. And the Maoists are enemies of the Leninist and Stalinist communists. 
ideologically. They are enemies. They're communism, but they are enemies. Um, the Sino-Russian War was a major uh, hypothesized war in um, the Cold War because Russians admitted that the enemy they feared the most to invade Russia was not the United States, which they thought was very unlikely that they would ever mobilize and fly or attack Russia without provocation. Uh, So almost not, like there was zero chance that America would invade Russia. But there was a very high chance that China would invade Russia to take over Siberia for their natural resources. That was, during the Soviet Union, the actual enemy of major attention, of the most attention, was the communist Chinese, the Maoist Chinese, who were feared to invade Mongolia and uh, Siberia, which were, you know, widespread and uh, difficult to defend. Tom Clancy wrote a book about this, where China invades Russia after the fall of the Soviet Union, because the only thing that was keeping them from attacking Russia was a type of communist respect. And once the Russians were no longer communists, the Chinese would follow through with their operational uh, campaign plans and simply take Siberia by force of arms and by their overwhelming numbers. Um, many people don't really know that. That, that this is the BRICS thing. The BRICS movement, for example, uh, there's a lot of talk about why China and Russia, while they're allies, are only allies on paper, and Russia um, having its anti-Western stance politically, publicly helps out China's anti-Western bravado without, while also allowing China not to physically need to attack to kind of create the, the, the real image that people are expecting in the 21st century. And, and having used Russia more as a, um, as a convenient test of uh, the Western's military might uh, to distract them from their own operations in the East. There's a lot of complexity, but like I said, I think China and America, specifically the CIA, are absolutely entwined and uh, are inseparable. And there is a lot of the actual power of the the triads and the communist mafia that operate within the United States of America, as well as numerous Chinese Communist Party uh, police officers and field agents operating in field agencies in major U.S. cities all over the country, from New York City to L.A. Um, there There is very little respect given to borders with China through its private, you know, personages buying up hundreds of thousands of acres of land directly near military bases and setting up private, heavily secured, uh, you know, facilities, including what has recently been discovered as as a virus laboratory that they had set up in a home in California that they, the Chinese absolutely operate within the United States and Canada with absolute freedom. Whereas the Americans cannot say the same inside China. And the Chinese do not want this fact to come out in public at all. They really do not. They try to keep that suppressed themselves because they fear the American people resorting to anti-Chinese racial violence 
stopping their plans 100% and actually uh, reversing the political uh, corporate control of America that allowed all its manufacturing to go to the cheaper exploited Chinese peoples and the Chinese sweatshop workers as well as to uh, basically swindle their tax dollars into providing up for a military that could never match China's actual manpower but doesn't need to because China doesn't have the military uh, strategy to ever take the United States either but that doesn't stop it from getting nearly two trillion dollars a year in United States GDP simply to keep itself existing and going straight into the pockets of admirals US Air Force officers etc as they wave the uh, red Chinese dragon boogeyman over our heads now a big part of the Ukrainian war as it was fought was the unexpected success of Russia which is foolish because anyone who knows anything about the world knows that Russia is the second greatest superpower to ever exist second probably only to America in terms of war fighting if that can be judged as something we do well because we have not actually won a war since World War II so in those terms it's not hard to be second best if the best is a little bit better than nothing right and so um Russia was able to actually employ many of the art of war techniques and strategies within this last year to uh, just humiliate the West, just absolutely humiliate the West and knock them so far off balance that within this one calendar or nearly two calendar years, uh, uh, a little bit over the one calendar year at this recording, I think it's one, one year and six months, uh, that the the Western NATO uh, supplied, trained, and and created Ukrainian army is absolutely ancient history. It's a distant memory. It is dead and gone and buried in the Ukrainian dirt in a ditch off the side of the road somewhere. And we know this because appropriately. Following satellite imagery, the Ukrainian cemeteries have added, accounted nearly 500,000 graves since February of 2022. And that's just the bodies they were able to recover and return to their homes. There has been an estimated 8,000 to 18,000 bodies that have never been recovered were left to rot or were destroyed beyond recovery, blown to bits by either landmines, artillery, ordnance, drone strike, etc. Are simply driven over by an armored vehicle as they lay dead or dying on a road. This, does go, this doesn't really account for the uh, humans that were buried alive under the rubble of Bakhmut or Maripool either. And a substantial loss of life was expected by the Azov Battalion uh, in both those conflicts, as well as the AFU Special Forces and real uh, Western mercenaries of you know uh, military experience and training. Uh, so for example, the... the proven 
American general that was acting as a mercenary commanding the Azov Battalion in Marypool. And it's cited as a reason why most of these, uh, most of the battle actually existed was to protect the very fact that this person existed secrecy. To protect the secrecy of that fact. That's how controversial and, um, and discreet, covert the United States Mercenary Corps with this actual ranking military general of the U.S. Army. I believe it was a National Guard general. Uh, being hired on and flown to Mariupol, Ukraine to lead the Azov Battalion in direct war with the Russians using his uh, general school um, American education, whatever military school he had gone to, etc. Using Western education to, tr to lead neo-Nazis in battle with uh, Russian mercenaries and uh, local freedom fighters. Um, and losing, being defeated to the point that most of the Azov Battalion either surrendered or were killed during that one battle. With the rest going, fleeing to Bakhmut and fortifying it for its inevitable defense and, dest and destruction at the hands of the self-same Wagner mercenaries. But to play it for play-by-play... We'll get into it, and I'll just try to uh, keep the key points, you know, relevant. Not every single day's worth of events and shit. So, key points: um, the Russians realize the Ukrainians are being prepared to invade by Biden, who, after losing Afghanistan and after having his family's dirty dealings exposed to members of the uh, of congressional investigation bodies, and having the FBI exposed for having tried to protect those same dealings by hiding the laptop for example and all evidence related to it censoring social media what have you during its election process um if you just want to buy that story right that this is that the fbi was trying to cover it up all these military agents were trying to cover up the social media networks twitter uh facebook instagram all of them were trying to cover it up banning people for posting photos of it taking that shit down as fast as they could uh treating it as fake news putting fact checks on that shit right but it wasn't. It was real. And now it's facing trial and, con and it's in Congress. It's in people's eyes. Um, Afghanistan fell. Um, you know, now he's facing extreme unpopularity for that. The wag the dog situation that's available is the war in the Ukraine. With the, notion, with the idea that if the Ukrainians invade Russia, they could successfully spin this as a public relations uh, of freedom fighter type uh, rebellion against an oppressor uh, you know etc Russians see this shit coming a mile away using their own spies using their own information their own intelligence their own skill their own merits right hit first hit hard they already have the operational campaigns in motion have already been training the troops I already have the system in place the political ideology of um, the fourth political theory uh, in place uh, to destroy and treat the Ukrainians as the criminal organized uh, segment of subhuman filth that they are. Attack the Ukraine hard. Within two weeks, the entire Ukrainian military is destroyed. Airfields, jets, fighters, uh, military transport helicopters, all completely destroyed. Air bases, military bases, mobilization hangars, uh, vehicle depots, 
all start getting airstrike. Basically, those that were there in standard formation, the conventional uniform troops of the uh, armed forces of the, the Ukraine, and those that were defending the cities in between the border and Kiev in the east and north are absolutely destroyed by a blitzkrieg of Chechens and armored infantry, freedom fighters from the Dugansk, Lugansk, and uh, uh, Kherson regions, as well as the Crimea, and Russian standard, uh, you know, shock troops, basically armored cavalry, uh, tank crews, uh, artillerymen, you know, full, full on Spetsnaz leading the ray, the pioneers, etc., with minimal losses, minimal losses. What follows is a intentional restraint by Russia, which then has a, a rearward advance, pulling back only to the areas that they had friendly civilian populations in, which would then have a democratic public vote to be annexed into Russia to join the Russian Union and these places still are Russian territory officially to this very day no matter if the Ukrainians consider them occupied or not they have legally democratically joined Russia it is from these areas that the defenses were set up and built up in consideration of political correctness and ethical defense of a friendly now adopted population with the Russia the Ukrainians having thought the Russians were retreating because of their resistance and a general and like a uh, mystery basically an ineptitude lack of supply cowardice uh, what have you incompetence you know uh, what have you in terms of their higher ups their top brass convince themselves to take advantage of a moment and counter-strike using Western mercenaries, NATO special forces operating illegally within countries such as the SAS from Britain, as well as uh, the various Bundeswehr-type uh, German special forces uh, and, and special forces from around NATO and UN nations, peacekeeper nations. Uh, the surviving AFU troops as well as the Azov Battalion giving green light to become a fully militarized, state-supported uh, uh, branch of unconventional warfare uh, to be used against the Russians and a massive counterattack. As the Russians had already retreated all of their main and major uh, fighting forces away, they left the uh, Chechens in the north and they left the freedom fighters, for lack of a better term, the national militias of the uh, Lugansk, Donetsk, Crimea, Kherson, to defend their homes with uh, conscripts, with prisoners, basically prisoner conscripts, and with the Wagner uh, uh, mercenary forces, who would be supplied and supported by the Russian air forces, Russian military uh, proper, the uniformed military. Right, as they continue to fortify the area, set up infrastructure, and deal with uh, setting up things like field hospitals, uh, and, and, and implementing the plans for the third phase, because this is the second phase. With the second phase, these Western troops are absolutely... Uh, the only victories they have are the sacrificed pawns of the Russian forces, the Chechens, the other people who are newly accepted to the Russian uh, Federation, 
and uh, mercenaries who generally come from penal colonies are federal are felon prison like they're felons federal prisons like serious rapists and murderers and shit like that mafiosos you know so the SAS uh, you know NATO Navy SEALs Army Rangers etc the mercenaries from those units are going and fighting them they're capturing them they're destroying the vehicles that were left by to be crewed by them as Russia had expected it this is why they had pulled back after their energy is basically uh, spent, after their supply lines are figured out, after the mercenary supply lines are figured out, after it's basically intelligence is gathered on the situation, within months afterwards, within literally, I mean two months afterwards, Russians counterattack at this point, striking with long-range hypersonic missiles, the supply depots, barracks, and uh, meeting places, hotels, for example, the coordination posts, of these Western forces, of these special elite forces, and of the Azov Battalion, right? And at that point, shit gets fucking real, right? The Ukrainians thought they were winning. Slava Ukraina, we took over a couple of militia guys who were raised by chickens and shot them in the kneecaps. Yeah, we're totally gonna kick the Russians back to Moscow. And at that point, they realized they had fucked up. Because they started getting fucking destroyed by combined artillery barrages in the field and inside their cities as far back as Kiev. And all of their power plants at that point were target. All of their city bases were target. They had to start sleeping in churches and elementary schools to use human shields and civilian places of launching. They have to uh, park their HIMARS fucking long-range missile strike systems in civilian garages for the hope that the Russians will hesitate when blowing up somebody's house. This is how vulnerable Ukraine truly is to Russian artillery and long-range attack. At the same time, those engaging them within the front lines quickly felt the weight of numbers and a superior uh, armored cavalry crew as everyone was immediately pushed out from the fields in open engagement back into cities that they had fortified this being Maripool and Bakhmut right so Maripool and Bakhmut um, Azov Battalion controls Maripool and the Azov Sea and the south they're not even a real army they're just a bunch of neo-nazis who are criminals everywhere else just imagine a bunch of bikers and fucking skinheads punks and shit like that criminals uh, white trash idiots from Sweden and shit like Poland and fucking a bunch of British Ukrainian uh, immigrants who are going back to the Ukraine to defend the motherland after picking potatoes in fucking Ireland for a couple of years. So, uh, these assholes, social media, etc., are trying to make heroes out of, are getting just fucking their shit destroyed by combined arms fire and hand-to-hand, -hand basically, close combat, uh, close-quarter combat between not even the Russian army at this point. It's freedom fighters from the Donetsk and uh, Lugansk and Crimea, and Wagner mercenaries. They don't even get to see the Russian army proper except when they surrender to them and at that point are, are then uh, charged for their war crimes against the people of these areas. And that's going completely unreported by the West is that every day these Nazis are getting 20, 30, 40 year sentences in Russian court death penalty sentences uh, for war crimes, legitimately tried and persecuted war crimes 
against the innocent civilians of the area who are officially legally Russian, at least within the Russian Federation, right? So we're not talking soldier on soldier combat. Maripool was paramilitary Nazi criminals with guns controlled by NATO mercenary real officers from the United States, like the American general who was in Maripool trying to uh, con- uh, coordinate the Azov battalion and to defending their city. And most of them, like I said, after this battle, either had surrendered and are now in custody or were killed. Funny story, as a part of trivia for all of this, most of the prisoners were actually killed when the Ukrainians fired long-range missiles at the prison uh, staging area, at the place that they were, at the prisoner of war camp they were in, the POW camp they were in. They were being kept as prisoners, safe, being well-fed, having medical treatment by the Russians who were treating them as legal, recognized prisoners of war to go before they were sentenced by the criminal courts. And the Ukrainians, afraid that they would give uh, testimony to their crimes or tell too much about, you know, with interrogation, killed their own men, killed the Azov battalion with missile strikes. This is proven. This is absolutely proven. They killed hundreds of prisoners of war, Ukrainian prisoners of war, from the Azov Battalion after the surrender of Maripool and after the destruction of Maripool. This is a fact. The Wagner military and the uh, freedom fighters at this point are joined by Spetsnaz. Spetsnaz uh, once again rejoins the fight and takes it all the way up to Bakhmut. They circle Bakhmut with military cavalry. Uh, armor cav began raining and barraging hellfire into Bakhmut. Bakhmut is turned into a fortress to the Ukrainians' credit. It is a battle that lost that lasts longer than Stalingrad and uh, sees over 70,000 human beings, uh, estimated 50,000 Ukrainian fighters, men and women, uh, Western mercenaries, NATO uh, forces operating illegally, in the area, SAS soldiers, most likely Bundeswehr special forces, most likely American uh, special forces, Army Rangers, most likely, our, our Delta Force um, operating in the area, uh, fight to the death. They are completely destroyed. Uh, the entire city is destroyed, left as rubble um, by the Russian forces over a slow and steady siege. At this point, seeing a hybridized effort between Wagner mercenaries and standard uniformed Russian troops who have returned to the front lines of battle. Uh, this was the Battle of Bakhmut. Bakhmut was the absolute turning point uh, of, of absolute momentum because, as I said before, Russians invaded, two weeks destroyed all of uh, Ukrainians' military, air power, and uh, Eastern Guard restrained themselves, purposely withdrew, a more powerful force acting as if though it's weak following Sun Tzu's code and, and law of war, uh, laws of war, uh, the art of war, I meant the arts of war. So uh, stronger force invades, completes its objective instead of risking uh, costly occupation where it might be destroyed by the popular militias and upright uprisings against the invader as always is. They pull back so that they're not the invader allowing the Ukrainians to have a false sense of uh, confidence, attack them when they are unprepared and weak to get annihilated uh, as they try to take the sacrificed pawns, you know, greedily 
falling into these traps of exhaustion and, and exertion, uh, once this full spectrum of warfare is, a, is a revealed involving spy satellites, air power, our long-range artillery, long-range hypersonic missile strikes, drones. Once it's fully understood, the Russians then implement that with extreme success and efficiency uh, against these sec- these these uh, the second wave. By the third wave, we're seeing the Russians now again on the counteroffensive, taking out two major fortified cities, Maripol and the Black Sea, and uh, Bakhmut in the uh, Central East. Now the Ukraine has no anchor cities. They have no forts. They have no major strongholds in the east. And they are vulnerable basically all the way up to Kiev. Right? They have no defenses up to Kiev. So what do the Russians do? The Russians, they actually pull back again. They pull back again. Leaving in their place landmines. Just fucking landmine the shit out of everything before they go. They'll put so many fucking defenses, booby traps, and uh, explosive ordnance into the ground. It will now take 700 years, or sorry, 500 years to clear out, between 500 to 700 years, to clear out all of the landmines that the Russians have left in the Ukraine at current rates of, like, you know, possibly, like, you know, demining. It is an extraordinary amount of defensive work that they put in. They could have easily invaded Kiev. But for the fact that Zelensky has been playing the victim this entire time and the public support, even by this point, is still mostly pro-Ukrainian, viewing them as innocent people invaded by a tyrant, a warlord tyrant who um, is the aggressor and had no political context or excuse for doing so. This is how dumb the American Western sheep is because any thought, not just to contradict the political force that controls them, like the Bidens or the Democrats, but to contradict the Western military or the European military that controls their defense, that controls their entire society, that is taboo to an extreme to the point that people can't even imagine being wrong. This is some Orwellian shit. This is how it really goes. That they can't. Um, they they love NATO and they love the U.S. Army, U.S. military more than their own families, more than their own safety, more than their more than reality itself. That they preserve the image of a Western military that is invincible and that is uh, always led successfully and correctly. And they refuse to see how, just over the years, it has been vulnerable to the bureaucracy, the bloat of corruption, incompetence, and uh, nepotism that truly is the definition of the Pentagon. And all top brass, all officer cadres in the world. This is how empires fall. And all empires fall because their officers become the weakest link in the chain that is the military. Not the fighting men, not the weaponry, not the armor, not the, not the idealism, not the training, the leadership. It happened to Rome, it will happen to America. It happened to Britain, it will happen to America. 
It will happen to the West. And ironically, what we don't even see and want to talk about is the fact that Russia, as a post-Soviet Union nation, is a new empire. It is only 30 years old. And this is just like if the United States, when it was 30 years old, invading British colonized Canada, and the British colonials being like, oh, yes, but this, the, you know, they're only 30 years old as a country. What could they possibly do? And then us burning down Toronto. Because that's what happened. It is a young nation. It is a nation on the make. It is not the old Soviet Union that existed before World War II and was purely a product and a beast of the 20th century. It is a new, reformed, modern empire, a federation. And so, yes, the counterattack, the much vaunted counterattack, the the public opinion had already promoted this counterattack, this counteroffensive that would take place when um, when the fucking oh by the way the the second phase of the Ukrainian war the first phase being the Russians invading the, the Kiev and taking out the military absolutely embarrassing uh, the Ukraine the West and the surprise attack uh, it was first wave second wave is the thunder run thunder run when um. Western supplied armor and Western reinforcements of the Ukrainians rushed forward to attack the uh, the 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 rearward advancing Russians, and they did the damage and caused the casualties on the remaining freedom fighters defending Chechens, etc. And this was considered as a military uh, military uh, fucking you know blitzkrieg, you know par excellence, the thunder run of the second wave. So third is the, um, the, the destruction of Maripool and uh, Bakhmut, which I call the siege era, the siege months, and then um, the siege chapter of it. Then now we're on the fourth wave, which was the, uh, after the sieges, the defense of uh, the counteroffensive, right? It's the counteroffensive and the defense, and it's like counteroffensive slash defense, the fourth wave. The fourth wave... NATO armor, NATO supplied munitions, NATO supplied trained troops to operate these vehicles with NATO tactics, most of them trained in Poland, most of them trained in Germany, most of them trained in Britain, most of them trained in America, right? These people had been living this this past time, all those months in the West, eating Western nutritious food, gaining Western strategy, tactics, uh, uh, fitness, um, experience, Etc. This is what they've been waiting for. Was the counteroffensive, and remember, this is uh, not. I, this is not going ideally to their standards. They thought they would be pushing through the Moscow by now, right? These troops were designed to fight a defending uh, Russian army inside Russia, right? Uh, as a test bed. Now they're still fighting over the ground which they have failed to secure from the beginning of the war and have now just lost. And they were designed to fight that deeply into enemy territory because of Bakhmut and Maripol, who would be providing them some resupply and infantry support, as well as a place for safety and, and sanctuary as they started doing these counteroffensive raids. Now they don't got that shit. 
they got fields and fields of landmines that have already been measured by Russian artillery and sighted with everything and, and dug in troops and all kinds of fucking uh, anti-tank weaponry, uh, anti-infantry weaponry, everything from fucking barbed wire to, um, you know, um, fully automatic 50 cal type or 50 cal, uh, you know, like level fucking Russian uh, machine guns. I don't know what they use in Russia. Uh, and in those terms, the anti-aircraft guns, they, they point at tanks and shit. Those Stalin's organs, the flamethrower uh, multi-stage rocket launchers up the ass, as well as air power, helicopters, all of it ready to go. Ready for them, right? Watching it play out on the news as these men start rolling down into the fucking fields to get them. Nowhere to hide, no air support, very little artillery support, very little in terms of training. There are the Western-backed troops of the Ukraine, and there are conscripts at this point. That's the only two kinds of people that remain in fighting trim for the Ukrainians. The conscripts are men who have been kidnapped at gunpoint, put into vans, driven to army bases, been told that they will be forced to fight at the front lines, not given any combat experience, not even allowed to train in firing a weapon. Because if they are afraid that if they give them a weapon with real bullets, they will use it to either kill their officers or themselves. This is proven in documentation as orders from the very generals and top brass of the Ukrainian army to their sergeants and platoon leaders. Do not give the conscripts actual weapons with live ammunition unless absolutely necessary or when they're directly dropped off on the front lines. Because they will use those weapons to shoot themselves. That's how unpopular fighting Russians is amongst the Ukrainians one and a half years after the invasion. They have to kidnap people at gunpoint as they are trying to leave the country illegally. In America, people are trying to come in illegally by the millions. In the Ukraine, people are trying to illegally leave the Ukraine by the thousands. This is how bad their nation truly is if you're a fighting age. That they don't, they don't even care about the legal exemptions that have been extended to men who are married, who are family members, who are single sons. They don't even care if they're mentally challenged or not. With many recruiters actively pursuing mentally handicapped men who can get easily confused or persuaded to join. This is 100% the dystopia that one and a half years later the Ukraine is forced to deal with on a daily basis and what's breaking the country apart and leading to inevitable civil war. So like I said before, Zelensky's public image was still very good until the counteroffensive began. Everyone was still giving him the, the benefit of the doubt until the counteroffensive began. Because when the counteroffensive began, the defeat began. And when the defeat began, the destruction of men and vehicles was unignorable. With 43,000 men dying within four weeks and the loss of thousands of NATO-provided, Western-designed, armored vehicles destroyed, rendered absolutely powerless against the reality that is explosive landmines, anti-tank artillery, and well-entrenched infantry. 
The Ukrainians have gained almost zero ground at this great expense of life. And as I've said, by now, the average Ukrainian civilian after four weeks is asking some very difficult questions. Like, why are there 500,000 plus graves dug in Ukrainian cemeteries since the start of this war? Why are there 200 plus, thou, uh, 200,000 plus obituaries on Facebook for Ukrainians who died in this war? Why all this and nothing to show for it? No gains, no counteroffensive. The countries and territories that were taken, quote-unquote taken by the Russians, are still Russian. They have not been liberated by the powerful people of the Ukraine. The Ukrainian uh, traditions and strength, Slava Ukraina, has not come to fruition, has not proven to be real, because it was all propaganda and a psyop. But who paid the price? Who had to cash the check? The Ukrainian men and women who lost their lives, who lost their homes, who lost their land and their future because of the Western exploitation of this puppet named Vladimir Zelensky. And Vladimir Zelensky then went to fail his bid of NATO charter. That's right. What was promised to him after the counteroffensive and for the war ultimately was NATO membership, meaning membership into a greater select military alliance that would then take over responsibility in fighting the Russians, freeing up the Ukrainians from having to bear the only, um, the only uh, active fighting force in this war. They eventually thought they would have a grand alliance of dozens of NATO countries like the uh, the the uh, coalition of the willing did in, in the uh, Gulf Storm in, 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 um, in the Persian Gulf in uh, Desert Storm you know in, in uh, the global war on terror in Afghanistan that we that not only the United States but a lot of other NATO nations all of their neighbors would openly join them in combat and from the from the from the ashes of Kiev which they thought was imminent would come a overwhelming support from Europe and from the United States in terms of manpower and military might freed up now from Afghanistan and Iraq well because Kiev was never destroyed because their counteroffensive constantly failed from the Thunder Run to this new counteroffensive in such elaborately disastrous ways and proved the intimidating power of Russia in the process. And every single Russian counteroffensive from the test sieges of Bakhmut and Mariupol to this now uh, you know, incoming advance that is going unchecked and unstopped because there is literally no military presence in the east of the Ukraine anymore in existence. There is nothing to stop the Russians if they decided to roll into Kiev. It would take them only 12 hours. They could be there within one workday. From the north, from the south, and from the east. And they could have always bombed it flat. 
This has never been the question. They do not want to take Kiev. They want to publicly and politically ruin Zelensky. Just like the Q Lodge, the White Hat Lodge of Quetzalcoatl and the Sky Religion has used Trump to humiliate and destroy Joe Biden via handing Joe Biden the presidency and Joe Biden at all, including the Democrats, including the CIA, the military intelligence companies, the presidency specifically to take the shit sandwich that they had made for Trump to take and to eat it in front of everybody as the acting president of the United States. As Afghanistan fell, as we were defeated by the Taliban in Afghanistan, and as that followed into the Joe Biden scandal between the laptop and his son's uh, treason and uh, federal fraud, etc., and rampant organized crime that they engaged in regularly with the privilege of being leading Democrat politicos and a very corrupt two-tiered justice system of the American empire and its corrupt vassal state of the bureaucratic D.C. foreign invaders of the District of Columbia that we call the White House under many other names like the Swamp, etc. to expose them as they were caught red-handed eating the shit sandwich that they had made for America with nowhere to hide and everything to lose. The Zelensky government that was positioned by these people in power is being destroyed the exact same way with massive charges of corruption and the obvious writing on the wall including his rampant drug addiction, homosexuality, uh, the perversions, his loveless marriage, his many properties that are millions of dollars worth of real estate in Miami, Florida, for example, and other Hasidic Jewish centers such as Israel. Um, his, his absolute being a pawn of Israel too, by the way. And um, his incompetence both in the military or in political spectrums uh, of, of, of uh, being. He is not a hero. He never will be. He is absolutely a little uh, corrupt uh, dictator in the, the form of uh, your typical tyrant banana republican uh, type uh, pseudo military uh, dictatorship absolute coward uh, incapable of any impressive uh, rhetoric or action on his own um, if it wasn't propped up by it out by the by the Hollywood entertainment elite themselves showing how phony this entire clown show of a shit show truly is this dog and pony show that literally is the pony midget show of Zelensky and his little pony state of the Ukraine which is nothing but a circus animal to the western elite in terms of its benefit of human trafficking and its availability of cheap white slavery basically what that culminated in why does the Hollywood elite and the western elite love so much the Ukraine because they provide blonde-haired, blue-eyed, in many cases, but they're mostly brown-eyed uh, individuals, but blonde-haired and dark-haired varieties of white caucasoids who have nothing, who are impoverished, and have a subhuman reputation 
freeing them up alchemically for sexual abuse and human sacrifice in their elite circles. The little tiny Mila Kunises that the Ukraine produces with their fuck me faces and their dick sucking lips and their little skinny petite bodies can mimic children much longer for much uh, for in, in a much more enthusiastic fashion, uh, much more aggro fashion than adult women typically can. So for the pseudo pedophiles inside the Freemason societies that rule America and Europe, these Ukrainians make perfect whores. They make perfect sexual objects. They make perfect concubines and perfect sex slaves. And that is exactly what they've been using the Ukraine for. It is 100% the number one source of sexually trafficked women who are forced into prostitution from Amsterdam to the UK to the USA. Hunter Biden's laptop shows this. Huge proclivity for crack cocaine dealing Russian hookers, but they're not really Russian. They're Ukrainian. And who can tell the difference, right? Right? I'm not wrong. It's the whole thing. The entire idea of the Russian mafia is really the Ukrainian mafia. The Ukrainian mafia being the Khazarian mafia. And the Khazarian mafia always being up to its old tricks of providing cheap, white-looking, but not ethically right, uh, European, sex slaves. For any use in any brothel in the Hollywood Entertainment Committee... Our, our intelligence agency needs, etc. at all. So, with that being said, Zelensky is quickly, quickly has already, his uh, bridges are burning, already losing any public support, and has already lost all major political support from his former allies in the NATO countries. Beyond Poland, uh, which has he has already declared in the headlines, if you look up RT. The friendship between the Ukraine and Poland will only last as long as the war lasts. They are already demonstrating that they are hostile towards each other with the Polish uh, dominating and domineering the Ukrainian government and even the Zelensky government saying that they have to give basically parts of the western Ukraine to Poland to bankroll their support. They have to give it to them in collateral in which Poland is now legally obligated to taking parts of Western Ukraine if the Ukrainians lose. So really, the Polish taking also, invading also the Ukraine during this time, but because they are a NATO nation, their invasion is seen as benevolent and as a staging area for military operations against Russia, which is a lot to say there. Right, And America is the only one bankrolling them still with most of the money surprisingly held up in the process. Not truly given to the Ukraine, even though it's been promised to them, as well as a lot of the munitions that were promised to the Ukraine not fully being given to the Ukraine yet. With the military almost intentionally dragging its heels and mobilizing the armored vehicles and uh, weaponry that have been requested by the Ukraine um, directly in violation of the commander-in-chief, quote-unquote, commander-in-chief Joe Biden's direct edict and order uh, or congressional permission or whatever. Uh, hundreds plus billion dollars to bankroll the Ukrainian military for a year and a half for nothing but defeat and total destruction and failure at the cost of 500,000 Ukrainian lives 
and thousands of armored vehicles. Which, and, and don't even give me the millions of rounds of ammunition. The millions of rounds of, of artillery ammunition, which has completely bankrupt the Western and NATO military stockpiles and surplus. If the Russians were to engage in total war with the European Union, with Britain and with America, Britain and the European Union would be out of ammunition within a matter of days. Britain, maybe within one 24-hour period of real combat. These are facts. Okay, now, getting through that, eco-loss, right? This connects, this all connects, by the way, this all connects. So, the last thing I said was uh, EU nations, NATO nations. Who's an EU NATO nation that's uh, pretty big, pretty major in the whole EU nation? France. France. Macron. The Macron government inside France. Can't get any more globalist than this piece of shit, right? Macron. The French have a colony empire in Africa to this very fucking day. And they have resorted to exploiting the most uneducated and ill-privileged, disadvantaged, and primitive racial and ethnic groups in the most far-off and remote areas, which is why their colonial empire still exists in the middle of Africa, because they are the least educated and have taken the longest to catch up with the rest of the world. Whereas their Indochina colony, the Vietnamese people are extremely intelligent and very educated. And once they learned French, they just decided they, they were actually smarter and tougher than the French, and which was absolutely accurate of an assessment, kicked their fucking frog-eating asses right out of Vietnam. And uh, then the Americans piled on afterwards. Very, very relevant, by the way, the order of events between French colonial revolution, French military defeat, and then the USA joining a war which isn't ours, to suppress an enemy that wasn't ours originally, but was the French and the French's mistake and the French's defeat, but which has such a linchpin effect on the influence and public enemy, uh, public image of the West that we have to become enemies with their enemy. Or risk the entire quote-unquote alliance, NATO alliance, falling apart. Now, this has already been falling apart since Iraq, when France uh, refused to support the global war on terror and the invasion of France because of their own economic interests in the area as profiteers, as privateers and bankers, and because of the influence that the euro was having within Saddam Hussein's trade and his own economy in the Middle East, so that they were trying to get the Saddam Hussein to trade in euros, not the petrodollar. So France was more an ally to Iraq, selling them Mirage jets, etc. Um, during the invasion uh, years between the Persian Gulf and uh, Desert Storm and uh, the global war on terror and the death of Saddam Hussein and the, over the conquest by America. So... While we're not the best of allies, Obama's administration, the Democrats and the CIA, along with the globalist World Economic Foundation member Macron, have done a lot to patch up those past uh, difficulties 
and America and France are very closely allied currently, right? So currently, France has just been expelled out of Niger, its main source of uranium, with four out of five light bulbs in France being lit by uranium supplied to French nuclear power plants around their country, right? This is extremely important because Niger is nationalizing and refusing to export any more natural resources to France. This is going to force France into a war or else it has to redesign its entire political uh, alliance structure and its economic system and how to export this precious uh, resource. Now, yes, it can um, rely more on Canada. It can rely more on other parties. But this is crucial because it's at 25% or just around approximately 25%. A quarter cannot simply be removed from a nation's... And at four out of five, it has downstream, downstream to the public, it has far more importance to the economics of the billionaires in control of the, uh, the utility companies of France as a nation, just like the American utility companies would desperately urge their nation to go to war to preserve their profits in case any of their natural resource supply was was threatened by one of our vassal states or colonies inside the American empire, right? Same shit over there in Africa. It doesn't matter what year it is, 2023, you know, same shit as it was happening in 1823, same shit it was happening in 1923. The Europeans seeking to exploit and fuck to death and rape the woman of Africa and France Afrique uh, is uh, basically uh, the traditions of French exploitation, everything from the Algiers to uh, Mali to Burkina Faso to Niger to uh, Cote d'Ivory. Uh, you know, uh, all of Western Africa at some point or the other has been exploited by France or is currently being exploited by France, uh, sometimes to a ridiculously severe degree, right? As Niger has become uh, nationalized and educated and evolved to a, a more modern sense of, sense of uh, political sensibility and awareness and place and time, as the geopolitic, uh, geopolitics of the area have proven the weakness of the geopolitics, geopolitics of the globe, sorry, of the world. All you have to do is turn on the news, look on, uh, look on the news, and see the fall of the West, see the weakness of the West, emboldened, say, for example, by the victory of the Taliban and the defeat of America inside the USA, which you cannot say did not influence this rapid uh, nationalization of decolonized African powers, and specifically the rejection of the French occupation and rule based on their extremely flimsy ethical pretenses of controlling the land through their culture as well as their military might, which only numbers 3,000 troops in the area currently, with the French military only having around 300,000 standard uniform personnel in every branch combined currently in active duty warfare with the nations of Africa who are fighting a nationalist struggle being able to resort to the millions millions of indigenous citizens as potential sources for fighters 
our, uh, you know, supply line uh, conscripts, uh, you know, facilitators, etc., turning their nation into a fortress, as well as the many different rebels and mercenary groups, NGOs, uh, such as the Wagner PMC organization, which they have signed deals with to provide security to protect them from the French, uh, just as an example. Um, as well as the different uh, nations such as Iran and China being in the area seeking greater influence and political alliance with these nationalized powers in direct competition with the French for such resources. This becomes the issue is that just like Vietnam, the French are completely out of their fucking element. And they are going to be forced into a war they cannot win and strategically uh, controlled uh, with, with leadership that has no real experience in fighting a war of this complexity and um, in scale. So, inevitably, while this is just starting right now, the French have already invaded Nigerian airspace with bombing raids. They have already tried to insert special forces troops to, to, uh, to I guess, liberate and recapture or free the, the, the arrested, um, deposed ex-president of Niger or to assassinate the, the current leadership of Niger. Uh, they have failed at that within the capital city. Uh, having their Black Hawk Down moment, uh, you know, surely to come with, just like how we were defeated in Somalia, two massed small arms fire as available by the numerically superior and native uh, African militia groups that have experience in skirmish warfare and who are killers, who are trained and experienced life takers and war fighters against a mostly inexperienced relic like most because of the standard protocols of war of these special forces troops and french uh you know uniformed officers have not seen combat have not seen direct combat have not taken life have not killed and if they did then they was under the 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 formalities and legalese and absolute bureaucratic control of not being forced to act in a life and death situation, but merely to take out somebody probably for trespassing in a perimeter or in a small uh, skirmish with Islamic militants or et cetera. Maybe a shooting into a truck, not the actual street-to-street, life-and-death, hand-to-hand, close-quarter combat that invading the capital of Niger, which is 100% hostile to the French, would be like. Like Americans figured out in the, Amer- the Army Rangers and Delta Force Squadrons, that even the special forces of our empire are really no match man-to-man for other men with weapons, specifically AK-47s. Uh, you can get shot just as easily if you've gone through eight years of military training to operate as a, as a army ranger, you know, the best of the best, as you can if you've never done a push-up in your life or picked up a rifle. A bullet's going to tear through your heart just as easily. A bullet's going to smash your fucking skull and knock your brain to the floor just as easily. There's no amount of skill a Navy SEAL has in being bulletproof, and they're not. Exposure is death to them. Rushing into things in impulsive operations are suicide missions to them. They operate as covert units 
able to uh, discreetly reach out and use extreme range or very unorthodox, nearly impossible operating methods against their enemies. No special forces in the world can hold their own against a numerically superior enemy and engage city fighting or pitched battles in open terrain. This is why the Green Berets were killed in Niger during an ambush with Boko Haram and other Islamist militants. Is because no matter who you think you are, if there is more than two of them for every one of you, you're going to get shot and murdered in a firefight, in combat. That is the rules of life and death combat. It's the Sahara. It's a wide open fucking advance. And anyone's going to be spraying and praying with large caliber, uh, fully automatic weapons. Your bulletproof vest is not going to stop that. And when it does, if it does, they're just going to shoot you in the crotch, in the legs, or in the face. They're going to capture you, slit your throat for propaganda, and probably eat your body parts for some kind of cannibalism, black magic, witchcraft. They're going to hit your armored vehicle with RPGs. You're going to be in the middle of fucking nowhere with no ability to retreat or to gain a resupply or to get reinforcements. There will be no cavalry coming for you. Your helicopters will be shot out of the sky and burn in the red sunsets of Africa. This is the reality for all Western troops going into that area. There will be an enormous amount of casualties taken for whatever gains there are. And yes, the only gains to be made by all Western troops are the securing of the uranium mines and natural resources already pillaged and, and stolen by the Western pirate corporate uh, kleptocracies of their corporations. You're fighting a war for the profit of the nuclear power companies of France. The literal name of empire. Of a racist empire. The French. Look up French war crimes in the Algiers. Look up torture against Muslims in the Algiers. Look up that shit. This is the French. They are fucking bastards. Just absolute vile pieces of shit. And when they fail, as they inevitably will fail, as the winds of change are already blowing to the Russian, to the Chinese, and to the Iranian-trained and sponsored and supplied African nationalist movements that are going to uh, arise in Africa like so many brush fires and the savannah, like so many prides of lions as they, as they march now against the Western industries and mining companies and NGOs that are exploiting their peoples supplied with Chinese rifles, supplied with Chinese bullets, supplied with Russian uh, uh, strategists and advisors and helicopters and, and Iranian, um, you know, uh, uh, Islamist warriors and, 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 uh, and muftis and things to convert the, the Boko Haram, to, to convert the population in, in a language that they can speak, you know, culturally and religiously. This is, like, Niger is already a holy spot in Islam. That is, a, that is a fact. Niger is a holy land in Islam. It has the largest mud minaret 
in all of the world. You know, Niger's desert, which mostly is a desert, is called the land of fear by its local populations. Do you know that they already have hundreds of radicalized, violent skirmishers with experience fighting not only amongst themselves, but international terrorist organizations like Boko Haram, like ISIS, like Al-Qaeda, who also have bases of operation within Niger. It is an extremely violent land. It is a lawless land. But the only law and order that's arising is a pro-Nigerian law and order because the only chaos that exists in the country, the main source of the chaos, the main evil controlling beast in the area is the French. The racist French bastard empire that is raping them to the point of suicidal madness. And now that that beast has already been kicked from their borders, it seeks to return and charge and attack to get its revenge. But if it does, it will bleed to death. And when it does, not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When the French do attack and invade Niger, it will be surrounded and bled to death like the roaring elephant it is in the area by the much smaller hunters of Burkina Faso and Mali, Niger, the many different radical revolutionary groups, as well as the uh, resistance groups internally of Nigeria and um, Liberia that are hired either as mercenaries or volunteers for a pro-African African, uh, independence movement that will occur across the ECOWAS, which is basically West African NATO, a, a system of corrupt political nations that get most of their wealth and kickbacks uh, from bribes uh, by selling out the natural resources and citizenry of their own country. This is everyone from Nigeria, Dakota the Ivory, to Liberia, and the people hate their leadership. The people overwhelmingly support Niger in this. They support nationalism for Africa, they support African independence, and in doing so, they support Russia. And they will soon support even more China, and they will support, most definitely, Iran, once Iran mobilizes in earnest into Africa. That's a, that's a factor that hasn't even been considered yet. Iran and its ability to mobilize with Islam the Islamic populations of this area, which are substantial, which are huge. They number in the millions. And really, that's it. That brings us up to date. That the USA is not only being defeated domestically by the Q White Lodge in Eastern Europe by the Russian White Lodge, but now it seems to be on the verge of entering Vietnam for the 20th century, this time in Africa, and the Second African World War. The first is when Africa was uh, used as a proxy battlefield between the Soviet Union and the USA during Angola and Chad. Uh, this is... Uh, and the Congo and Rhodesia and uh, the skirmishes therein with South Africa, etc. 
Well, that was World War Africa one in the 20th century. This is World War Africa two. Which countries will exist afterwards? Who will survive and what will be left of them? That is the country, that is the question at hand when looking at the geopolitical map of countries of West Africa. When looking at the influence, you can already know that French colonialism is going extinct, just like it went dead in Indochina and the French colonial control of Vietnam. These things have happened before and they will happen again. And the USA, as has happened before, will also get itself involved in a 20-year military disaster, this time in Africa, same as it did in Vietnam, to try to cover up the complete failure of NATO's unethical support of neo-racist colonialism against the third world. Because that's all NATO exists as. Not to defend the peoples of Western Europe, but to exploit the peoples of the third world. Luckily, this is all coming to an end. The righteous will rise, and the freedom fighters will prevail. Long live the fighters. This has been my news According to the Quetzalcoatl, uh, yeah, the Quetzalcoatl news, basically the military news, the White Lodge news, the news of Q, the Q news when it comes to politics and the military around the world and its major hotspots. There's also a number of other things going on, of course, but this is just going to be this week's. Intentionally, this was meant for Wednesday. It's released on a Thursday. We'll be getting back to the Wednesday broadcast schedule. I don't think that really matters when you listen again to the future, but hey, I just want to be honest. Tried to make this on Wednesday. The government kept electronically harassing me. Knocked this shit out. Uh, couldn't uh, recover the audio. The other hour covered the same information, but I think was much better. Was uh, was much more uh, free flowing and awesome and free and, and, and free minded and like badass. But this one I think did a great job too. So thank you all very much for your patience and your time for listening to this. Obviously, thank you very much for your attention. Uh, thank you very much for your support, for those who like and share, etc. Um, support financially, of course, is um, always welcome and deeply, deeply appreciated. $1, $5, $10, $20, whatever you have sitting in your pocket. Uh, proverbially, of course, you know, your bank account that you were going to spend on something stupid. If you wanted to donate to me, that's a dumb way to spend it. I uh, deeply encourage you to do that. Uh, helps keep the lights on, helps me work on projects. All proceeds go to funding this. I'm completely independent, completely. Um, I survive based on your contributions and your kindness. Thank you all very much. Keep that in mind. If you can't support financially, liking, sharing, leaving a five-star review, all those are good options. Uh, supporting me by sharing me online, fucking banger. Thank you all. God bless you and your families. Namaste. Assalam. Thank you, each and every one of you. I mean, I'm just at this point where I'm catching my breath. So thank you all very much. Namaste, assalam. God bless you and your families. Peace out.